Well, I was asked to do this. Was it yesterday? Somebody asked me to go over Indiana's numbers. Was that Friday? Was that Friday? Last Friday? Huh? It might have been Friday. Somebody called me up and said, hey, what's the latest date on Indiana uh, for COVID? And usually I do like a weekly update. No, it wasn't Friday. It was, I think it was Monday. Because I said I usually do it on Friday. And I didn't the previous Friday. So um, let me take this opportunity since we were just talking about some of the COVID stuff. We'll go over uh, the United States. We'll also go over Indiana. And I'll, I'll take a quick look at Michigan for uh, for you Michigan listeners as well. I am Casey Hendrickson. This is News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. Those of you in the Fort Wayne audience. So let's take a look at new cases in the United States. This is COVID, okay? And we're not filtering out, obviously, because the United States, the way that they track this is really terrible. Israel does a really good job of tracking it. Um, the UK does a really good job of tracking it. The US does a terrible job of tracking, which is why our numbers are so inaccurate. But let's let's take a look at new cases and the seven-day average of COVID. Cases aren't important. Deaths are. But we're just going to look at both numbers, okay? So just want you to pay attention to this. So let's go back to September 13th, okay? So September 13th. In the United States, per day, there was 285,058 new cases a day. The seven-day average was 175,822. As of yesterday, it is 83,624 new cases a day, and the seven-day average is 79,348. And again, about half of those are breakthrough cases, between 40 and 50% of breakthrough cases. So we went from 285,000 new cases a day to 83,000 new cases a day in the United States. Now, let's take a look at deaths, because that's really the number that, that matters. The cases don't matter at all. You go back to, um, let's see, deaths were really bad on the 20th of, of September. So deaths per day, 2,252. The seven-day average was 2,087 on September 20th. It is currently 2,011 deaths per day. Seven, the seven-day average is 1,557. So nice decline there in the United States of America. So let's take a look at just Indiana, since most of you are listening from the Indiana audience right now. Uh, if you take a look at Indiana, by the way, Indiana is in really good shape right now. Uh, we're almost back to where it was uh, in the middle of, of uh, May. Very, very close. So we are, let's go back to September 13th. Again, September 13th was a bad day in the United States. So in Indiana, this is not the U.S., just in Indiana, new cases, 10,170. The seven-day average was 5,220. We are currently at new cases, 1,535. The seven-day average is 1,851. So since September 13th, we went from over 10,000 new cases a day to 1,500 new cases a day in the state of Indiana, okay? Now, if you look at deaths, and again, the death rate has continued to decline throughout the pandemic for over a year. Just so we are crystal clear on this, the death rate, okay? So if you go back, let's go back to September 13th again. Actually, let's go to September 14th, because September 14th, there was a spike. On September 14th, there were 92 deaths. The seven-day average was 45 in the state of Indiana. Okay, that's September 14th. 
As of yesterday, 61 deaths a day. The seven-day average is 37. So, again, a nice little decline. And it has been pretty steady going back to September for, uh, September like four, 13th or 14th. Okay, it's been pretty steady since then. So we haven't had we haven't had any serious um, serious spikes or anything like that in the state of Indiana. Now, for those of you on the Michigan side of things, things have been a little bit different for Michigan because um, Gretchen Whitmer has run things terribly there. So Michigan's different. And blue states right now are doing way worse than red states. And blue states continue to have the most restrictions, continue to be on most lockdowns, that sort of thing. So Michigan, the cases have continued to increase since September 13th. And I I mean, I don't need to give you specifics. It's been increasing every single day. I'll give you some specifics here. Uh, So September 13th, there was 6,822 new cases. Uh, and then on the 18th, which is the last day we have available for Michigan, because we're always late. Actually, no, it isn't the last day. Um, last day we have shows 9,700 and some odd. So about 97 plus. And that was from last week. Okay. Uh, so they probably upload their stuff weekly. The deaths have also continued to increase in Michigan slightly. They're they're not, you know, horrible or anything like that. They're still well below where they were in April. But you should know that in Michigan, things are very different than they are in the state of Indiana. And overall, in the United States of America, the numbers are way down, way, way, way down. But about half of, you know, pretty close to half of the cases, depending on where you're at, tend to be breakthrough cases of the vaccine. And that's because you get beyond four months. Since most people have had the Pfizer vaccine, you get beyond four months. The Pfizer vaccine is less than 20 percent effective against the Delta variant. So you start running into... Um, some real issues with that, which is one of the reasons they're pushing the booster shots. But you have to keep in mind that when they were using mRNA technology to treat cancer patients, the repeated injections did show a toxic effect. I'm not saying it's the same thing. Obviously, cancer drugs are very different than, than the vaccines are. But they did show, using mRNA technology, they did show that repeated injections did have a toxic effect and they were halted in cancer patients again different scenario but it's the same technology so it warrants you at least looking at it and being aware of it the other thing is that the fda advisory board you know they were going ahead with with uh, booster shots two of the senior board members resigned in protest and all but two voted against booster shots for the general population then it went to the cdc the cdc's panel voted no booster shots for the general population. And the reason for that is there exists no actual medical scientific data that booster shots help. And there is genuine concern about there potentially being some unforeseen negative consequences from doing the booster shots. And most of that is left over from what they know from the, the cancer treatment trials where there was a toxic effect. So again, not the same thing as the cancer treatment. I'm not trying to tell you not to get a booster shot. I'm just saying you need to be aware of these things so you can, you know, either look at the literature yourself or go to a medical professional that you know, know and trust. So it, it's important that you understand that it's not just radio host, talk show, you know, talk show radio host Casey Hendrickson telling you that there is some legitimate concern about the boosters. It's the FDA. It's the CDC. Uh, the CDC director, Walensky, who's a political appointee by Biden, overruled the CDC's panel and then recommended booster shots. But the FDA and the CDC panels both recommended against booster shots. Not in favor, against. They were just overruled. 
two of them in the FDA side resigned in protest. So you, you need to keep that in mind before you make your decision. And the vaccines, which, you know, in, in the once you get past that two week period where it actually makes you more susceptible to getting covid. That's another thing that they didn't tell anybody is that when you got your your first shot, you had a week or two in between there where you're more susceptible to getting covid. You got your second shot. You had about two weeks where you're more susceptible to getting covid uh, until those antibodies were produced. Then that's when the protective effects of the vaccine kick in. But they're only temporary. They're not permanent. They wear off. And so you were told that you would get this vaccine. Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, just last week repeated this claim again. It's it's not true that if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. It's not true. That's not what's happening. And unvaccinated people are not giving COVID to vaccinated people. Uh, the research, the latest uh, being from UC Davis, research says that vaccinated people are just as likely to spread COVID to other people as unvaccinated people. So, it's important that people understand these basic facts so you can make the best determination on what you need to do. But also, it, it's important because when you're having these these debates over mandates, employers need to be armed with this information so they can make an actual decision based in reality about what to do with their employees. Employees can make a decision about their body based on what the information is. And then, of course, when you get into a situation where legislatures might need to get involved, you got 17 states now that are going up against the Biden administration on vaccine mandates because there isn't an actual vaccine mandate. It doesn't exist right now. Federal employees are the only ones. There's no vaccine mandate for anybody else. There's nothing other than Biden going on television and saying we're requiring that companies over 100 employees have vaccines. There isn't any actual law there's no edict, there's no executive order, there's nothing in writing that actually says that. And that's the goal. And we went over this a little bit earlier in the week, maybe last week, where we highlighted the myth of the vaccine mandate because there isn't one in the private sector. It doesn't exist. So employers are not required to fire people or have vaccine mandates. And that's one of the reasons that these 17 states are filing this lawsuit against the Biden administration now is because there isn't actually a vaccine mandate. And so you can't have people being enforced or threatened with fines and things of that nature because there isn't one. It, it, but it protects the Biden administration mostly from those those lawsuits, particularly with uh, religious exemptions and things of that nature. So there's a lot that's going on here that is all based on politics and, and protecting people's backsides. You need to ignore all of that stuff and do what's best for you. Uh, if you have a comorbidity and you're at genuine risk of COVID, this is, you know, this is something you may need to consider. But you also have to ask yourself, I, I think, a pretty basic question. How many injections are you willing to get? Because the vaccines are not permanent. They wear off. And they wear off about 20% per month. That's the data that we have. And most of that is geared towards Pfizer because most people had Pfizer. Moderna is much more effective by a wide margin, much more effective against the Delta variant. But Moderna tends to have more serious side effects. So it's these are all things that you have to weigh. Everybody deserves to have as much information as possible to make their own cost-benefit analysis. The problem is, is that people are not giving you that information. They're lying to you intentionally in order to manip manipulate your behavior.
And that's not right. And the information is out there. It's just, I'm sorry, you can't watch your local news every night uh, because those people don't know what the heck they're talking about. And they're not going to give you the accurate information on this thing. So all I can do is come out here and tell you what the latest research is, give you the latest data, link to it in my daily show prep every single day so you can go and look it up yourself and then you can make a decision based on the information that is available to you on what is best for you and your unique circumstances. That's all I can do. But then again, I'm Josh, I'm considered evil for wanting to give people more information so they can make the best medical decision for themselves. There's others out there that don't want you to make a medical decision for yourself. They don't want you to have that. The Bidens and the Fauci's of the world. They don't want you to have that choice. They want to take that away from you. And then they want no responsibility if, God forbid, you end up with a major negative side effect. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I don't know how many of you heard the final sign-off for that police officer in, uh, I think it was Washington State. Yeah, it was Washington State because he he basically said some un unsavory things about Governor Inslee over there. And he was doing his last sign-off, and he thanked his fellow officers for serving with him and, and those that he'd worked with. And then he, he said that the governor of the state of Washington could kiss his you-know-what and that was his final sign-off. It went viral here this last week. Well, Seattle firefighters and police who have been fired over the vaccine mandate have turned in their boots at City Hall. There's a lot of them. Uh, We've gone over the numbers on all of this quite a bit, but um, what's interesting is that they turned this into a positive thing. Video footage from the People's Republic of Seattle, Washington, shows members of the Seattle Police, Police and Fire Department's returning their work-issued boots to City Hall after being fired for not complying with the city's restrictive and highly controversial vaccine mandate. And again, we've gone over kind of the the weird defund the police history here in Seattle and and the the governor there being an idiot uh, and the mayor being an idiot. But what they did is they turned in their boots and then they turned it into a feed the homeless event right outside of City Hall. And there's a lot, a lot of these firefighters and police officers And they showed up, they turned in their boots, and then they turned right around and they fed the homeless right there in front of City Hall. Good for them. It's unfortunate that they have lost their jobs, but I'm sure that they can find plenty of other departments that are willing to hire them and can use their skill sets. Uh, It's going to be a lot of people moving out of blue states and going to red states here who are in first responder fields, and that can only be good for those red states who get that new talent. we got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. All right, so we just had the news conference that I was telling you about. So usually it's 5 or 6. Sometimes they'll do the early one at 4.30. The FBI did the 4.30 press conference today. Almost right on the dot, the FBI gave more information about the Brian Laundrie update. Again, Brian Laundrie is the uh, fiancé, ex-fiancé of Gabby Petito, who, of course, was murdered. Brian Laundrie's been missing. Uh, He disappeared into the wilderness in Florida. And what ended up happening is we got a couple of things confirmed. We didn't learn a lot of new information, but the FBI just did a press conference, a very, very short one, by the way, during the commercial break there. And the FBI basically said, 
kind of what we told you earlier today at 3 o'clock. But they did confirm that the items they found did belong to Brian Laundrie. Near those items, a backpack and some other personal effects, is what appears to be human remains. They are now doing testing. They still have all of their teams out there in this, this swampy area looking for all of this. Now, again, the remains, which appear to be human, according to the FBI, and Brian Laundry's personal effects were found in an area in this reserve that used to be underwater. It's, so it's previously been underwater. It is no longer underwater, and that's why everything was able to come to the surface and why they were able to find them. Uh, yes, there is a couple of people have pointed out the parents, you know, went out there early in the morning, early in the morning, and there's some questions about that. I understand that. Uh, doesn't change the fact this is apparently an area that that Brian Laundry would usually go on. This is a typical hiking trail that he would go on, and they've now found some some what appears to be human remains as well as Brian Laundry's personal effects. And one of the things we we didn't have until just now is we didn't have full confirmation that these were Brian Laundry's personal effects. We had heard that they were. Uh, we had also heard that there was some other stuff there. And that it appeared to be human remains, but it wasn't confirmed. Uh, so the FBI says it does appear to be human remains. The things that they found, including a backpack, did belong to Brian Laundry. This is an area that was previously underwater. It is now exposed, which is why they're able to find the items. And then the FBI also said that you will probably not get any major updates for a couple of days. Because the team is still scouring the area, looking for more evidence, looking for more remains, and, and that sort of stuff. So... Um, the FBI is basically confirming the story that we have had for most of the afternoon about the possibility that Brian Laundry's remains have been found, but also we're not going to learn a lot more in the next couple of days. They they said don't expect to see the teams in the area for a couple of days uh, as they're out in the wilderness and that sort of thing. So um, over the next couple of days, you're probably going to get a lot of speculation. You'll get a little bit filtering out here and there, but you you're probably going to be really lucky to get any major announcements from the FBI or local authorities on the Brian Laundry Gabby Petito case over the next couple of days. After that, we assume that we'll start getting some answers. They'll do the DNA testing on the remains that have been found out there and confirm if it was Brian Laundry or not. Of course, if it wasn't Brian Laundry, then we've got another body to deal with. And that actually happened while they were looking for Gabby Petito. They ended up solving another missing persons case uh, as a result of looking for Gabby Petito before they found her body. So it's possible, but this is also very, very likely Brian Laundry, considering his personal effects were found near the remains that they're now evaluating. So that just happened during our news break. The FBI guy talked maybe two minutes, and, and that was it. It was essentially, we found Brian Laundry's stuff. We found what appears to be human remains nearby. This was previously underwater. It's no longer anymore. That's why we could find it. And uh, we've got teams scouring the area, cadaver dogs and everything else, and we'll do DNA testing, and then he, he stepped away from the podium. So that's uh, pretty much it. That's all we have. So the earlier stories that we were telling you about, you know, about 3 o'clock, that information appears to be correct, and the FBI investigation is, is moving forward, but we're not likely to get major announcements in the next couple of days. All right. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, follow me on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Please hit that subscribe button, help grow that Rumble channel there. We do a live stream of the radio show every single day, starting at three. I also upload other video content there. This is my primary video platform. 
And if you want to follow my social media posts, Telegram is the primary place that you should follow me there, and that's Telegram at Casey the Host as well. All right, if you are left-handed, you are now just as oppressed as black people, gay people, and a bunch of others. So that's that's the latest. Now, we've heard this before. Uh, this comes from crazy people on TikTok, which, again, it's, it's TikTok. It is what it is. Um, and libs of TikTok kind of expose this. So there are people, obviously, who are left-handed, and some of you are left-handed. And every seems like every couple of years there's, like, some activist left-handed person that comes up and talks about how horrible it is to be left-handed in America, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, they can never find anything that works right and, and that sort of stuff. So that seems to be happening. But what's happening now is you've got social justice warriors involved now. Now it's not just people who are inconvenienced or even just goofing around about the the perils of being left-handed. Now you have actual offended people who are so lucky to live in an era that they live in the country in which they live, in the neighborhood, in the city in which they live, that they are bored. They don't have to do anything to survive. Survival is basically assured now unless you really screw up. Uh, they don't have to work the land. They don't have to worry about feeding themselves. They don't have to worry about any of that. And that's the, the vast majority of people in Western culture. And as a result, many people have less meaning in their life. And they start searching for things to give them value in their life. And since their life is actually pretty sweet, what you tend to see happen is you tend to see people who are not victims make themselves into victims so they can become professional victims. And then you'll find other people who will then white knight for other people that they deem to be victims, even though those other people are not victims. That's typically what ends up happening. So what we have now is we've got some people who are left-handed who are losing their minds because the entire world is oppressive against them and that sort of thing. I can't play you the audio. I will include it in the Daily Show prep for everybody, but I cannot play you the audio um, just because of language. So here's the story from NotTheBee.com. It's time to ditch the top of the totem pole and hit up that number two spot, which means you're totally obsessed and destined for failure. Like the time you tried to open a door for an oppressed female and you had to back uh, you had to backhand the door and even fumbled it a little bit because doors are made for righties. You looked like a bozo, and let's be honest, you never had a chance at that chick in the first place. You're left-handed. Or the time you tried to do that art project in school, but there were no left-handed scissors, so you just threw your index finger in the tiny hole made for righties' thumbs and did the best you could. The skin between your right thumb and your index finger will never be the same. I know some of you can really feel this. Or how about the time that you were playing basketball with your right-handed friends and kept passing the ball to your right hand, making it all the more difficult to sink that that three-pointer? That three you missed at least seven of ten, and you lost for your team. All because you were oppressed. And when you start listening to some of the stuff that they're saying about how horrible it is to be a left-handed person in America, um, it it makes sense. So here's some of the headlines here. Uh, right-handed bias is everywhere. How being a lefty taught me what I don't know about racism. Right-handed? Check your privilege. Oh, we got right-hand privilege now, Josh. Are you right-handed? You're right Oh, man. We're both white and right-handed, Josh. What are we going to do with ourselves, dude? We might as well just throw ourselves in the concentration camps now. I mean, seriously. It's, I don't even know why we do this show every single day. 
It's a rough life, being as privileged as we are. But these are real headlines. These are real headlines. There is a a, uh, a university presentation here, right-handed privilege with bullet points <laughs> about the privilege of being right-handed. Uh, so do us all a favor, okay? If you're right-handed, there is a way for you to overcome this privilege. What you need to do is you need to practice, practice, practice extending your left middle finger as much as possible. But you have to make sure that when you extend your left middle left middle finger, not your right middle finger, your left middle finger, when you extend your left middle finger, it must be in public because everybody needs to see that you are choosing to shred not shred, shed your privilege, and you're attempting to fit in with the oppressed left-handed people out there, and you're using your left-hand middle finger. Extend it, extend it frequently, extend it often, extend it proudly, so you can stand up against right-handed injustice. More coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, our, our former mayor, Pete Buttigieg, may not be doing his job as the transportation secretary. Joe Biden might not be appointing the new head of, of maritime commercial transport, uh, who has any experience in the shipping industry. But at least, at least we're starting to see some sectors of our economy figure out, hey, we got some shortfalls in certain professions that we have the opportunity to teach kids about in high school, and that's what we are going to do. Right now, there are high schoolers. Now, I went to a vocational high school, uh, but there are high schools now that are adding truck driver to the mix of vocations that you can learn about. Massive truck driver shortage in the United States. There was before the pandemic. It has only continued to get worse through the pandemic. Uh, then you've got, you know, vaccine mandates, you've got uh, interstate carry and all those things that are causing issues with truck drivers. And now they are starting to offer these classes in high schools to teach teenagers that they can be a truck driver right out of school. Make very good money doing it, too, by the way. Uh, when you think trucker, your mind probably pictures a 50-something dude with a beard, coffee, and a cigarette but even those tough guys couldn't withstand the labor crisis happening across the U.S. There aren't enough qualified truckers left. So a California high school is training teenagers to take the wheel. I was, the fact that this innovation is happening in California is is um, wonderfully ironic because California has a shortage of truck drivers mainly because of their carb law that they put into effect in 2018. But I digress. High schoolers are training to drive 18-wheelers amid a shortage of truck drivers. The trucking industry is short about 68,000 drivers. By 2028, industry officials fear the number could jump to more than 100,000. A California high school allows seniors to learn trucking skills. Now, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening here because uh, I think that they said in the next like five to eight years, you're going to start seeing the, the automated robotic trucks on the road. You're going to start seeing more and more of those. So they will be taking the jobs of truck drivers that are out there. Um, and since there is a shortage, you know, there might there might be a gap that could be easily filled there. 
Uh, let's see. Some of you may have noticed empty shelves in stores everywhere. Robots replacing servers and restaurants practically begging for anyone to work. Uh, all this has to do with the labor crisis and the supply chain. And truckers were even struggling before the pandemic hit. We were talking about that for, for years. And I know that many of you are truck drivers out there. You call me on a regular basis or you'll shoot me an email or something like that when you're passing through the area and you can hear me. Um, but, you know, this is still a very interesting, um, interesting program. This is happening at Patterson High School in California, People's Republic of. It is the first non-vocational high school in the country to offer a class on truck driving. And it will offer hands-on training to the school's senior students. I'm just I'm just saying. I've been pro-vocational pro, uh, schools for a long time. Mike Rowe has been talking about it for a long time also. You can make a lot of money being a truck driver. And the path to being an independent owner-operator is pretty small if that's something that you want to do. And right out of high school, you've got an opportunity to earn good money, potentially start your own business right after that. It's a good opportunity for a lot of you. So you just got to get that training, though. But at least one high school is doing it. I hope that more start doing this as well. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, and News Talk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM.